Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In today's program, there is a huge amount of data that uh, we have at this point of time which would yield us uh, a lot of insights into the healthcare paradigm uh, of the last mile which perhaps very few people have. That's after these headlines. Pine Labs, which provides a digital payments technologies to merchants, has raised $315 million from new investors including Fidelity Management and funds managed by BlackRock, Ishana, Treeline and Newberger Berman Investment Advisors, Economic Times reports. This closes Pine Labs' latest funding round at $600 million and values the company at $3.5 billion, the paper reports. The 23-year-old Noida company is preparing for an IPO in the US over the next 18 months, the paper reports, citing CEO Amrish Rao. Competition and consolidation in India's fintech scene is hotting up. PayU, another fintech company backed by investors including Naspers, is in talks to acquire Billdesk, one of India's largest payment gateway providers. The deal could value Billdesk in the range of $3 to $4 billion, business standard reports. Glance a lock screen-based content provider and owner of video platform Roposo has entered into a joint venture with Collective Artists Network, India's largest talent management agency and pop culture marketplace, the company said in a press release. The JV company, Glance Collective, will co-create and operate multiple unique brands in partnership with some of India's biggest creators online, including celebrities and social media influencers. The JV combines Glance and Roposo's technology and market reach with Collective Artists Network's understanding of the celebrity and influencer world. This new entity offers a way for creators to earn money by taking their brands to Glance and Roposo's combined worldwide user base. Tata Consultancy Services, one of the world's biggest IT services companies, has entered into a strategic partnership with Sony Live, an OTT streaming platform in India, to help create an innovative business model enabled by digital technologies, enhance customer experience and pave the path to future growth, the company said in a press release. TCS will help enhance Sony Live's core OTT platform to use AI and machine learning to provide personalized experience to to subscribers across devices. It will also help Sony Live use data and insights to monetize content and create new revenue streams. TCS will also set up an experience design center to help Sony Live develop and launch new features. Separately, TCS will report its fiscal first quarter earnings results tomorrow. Watfix, a leader in digital adoption solutions, has implemented an employee share buyback plan, earmarking $4.3 million for the purpose. Watfix is granting staff the option to liquidate up to 35% of their vested shares under their employee stock option plan. This is the first buyback by the company where over 80% of the eligible 175 employees have chosen not to liquidate their vested shares, thereby reinforcing their trust in the future of the company, Watfix said in a press release. Both current and former employees will be able to avail the value of shares at the Series D non-discounted valuation of the company. Watfix did not provide the value. Never install a startup building a cloud platform to bring any graphical user interface application, regardless of operating system or device type, 
to the browser has received around $375,000 in seed funding. The investment is led by deep tech venture capital firm Special Invest. The seed funding will help the company to recruit more engineers. Founded in 2019 by Lakshmana Pasala and Ram Pasala, the startup aims to facilitate easy access to software applications without any limitations of the user's device hardware. Social Alpha, an impact fund backed by the Tata Group, has announced 17 winners of the third edition of the Social Alpha Energy Challenge, Tectonic Innovations in Clean Energy. The winning innovations include a battery-integrated fast-charging solution for electric vehicles, an affordable solar dryer for minimizing post-harvest losses, affordable and efficient sodium-ion batteries, and a renewable energy-powered climate-controlled vertical farming system. The International Energy Agency and Sweden-based RISE Institute also contributed to the multi-stage assessment process as knowledge partners to the program. Trials of a four-day work week in Iceland were an overwhelming success and led to many workers moving to shorter hours, the BBC reports. The trials in which workers were paid the same amount for shorter hours took place in 2015 and 2019. They were conducted by researchers from the UK think tank Autonomy and the Association for Sustainable Democracy in Iceland. Productivity remained the same or improved in the majority of workplaces, the researchers said. A number of other trials are now being run across the world, including in Spain and by Unilever in New Zealand. A small number of medical diagnostics companies in India have been working tirelessly for several years to make high-quality health monitoring accessible to the masses. With the advent of cloud computing and mobile internet, these companies are on the cusp of their next big phase of growth. Samit Savarkar is co-founder and CEO of one such company, Neurosynaptic Communications. Samir spoke to me about both the early years of his company's work and his plans ahead now. Here's more from that conversation. Samir Rao, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Thank you, Hari, uh, for uh, having me here. So for folks who are less familiar with uh, Neurosynaptic, I mean, I know uh, you're a 20-year-old company, uh, uh, but uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, how and why you started uh, this company. What was the problem you were looking to address? Uh, how is it an opportunity at that time? Yeah, so this journey has been more of uh, more of exploration in the initial uh, phases, as I would say. So we, uh, you can you can observe the name Neurosynaptic, right? We wanted to do something in neurotechnology, and that was something very exciting uh, uh, that we discussed, Rajiv and I, uh, both the co-founders of Neurosynaptic. We already started in those uh, directions uh, until we met some of the prominent people. Uh, including uh, 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 people from uh, the National Center for Biological Sciences and uh, people from IIT Chennai, and uh, got a sort of a first-hand view of uh, a huge challenge that rural healthcare delivery is. And uh, both of us uh, being technologists, Rajiv and I both come from the Indian Institute of Science background. Uh, we had done our master's there. We worked with Motorola earlier. Uh, uh, we were very familiar with the technology and our first view was that the challenge that we are talking about can be easily addressed using technology. 
now about the problem uh, a little bit or about the challenge that we have really in the last mile healthcare delivery now uh, basically about 66 67% of the population today staying in the villages uh, where very few medical facilities have reached and even today, uh, 20 years ago and even now so uh, so basically they are dependent on uh, very few qualified doctors some institutions largely public health is 80% of uh, the outpatient uh, care there and uh, uh, and there is uh, uh, a few uh, uh, what i would say as uh, unqualified semi qualified and uh, uh, alternate medicine practitioners also uh, who are catering to this large population and uh, essentially the quality of service uh, is not great because uh, most of the qualified doctors or professionals and the medical infrastructure would not exist in these areas similarly there are many other issues uh, which prevent this access like the behavioral or the social uh, issues uh, etc uh, plus the affordability the financial part of it uh, as you know insurance has still very less penetration uh, formally in in these areas <clears throat> and they are largely dependent on uh, various local models of supporting their healthcare including traditional medicines and uh, few people who act as doctors etc so uh, what uh, what really triggered to us with uh, one of the speeches of professor uh, junjunwala and he was doing a great work at iit chennai in terms of the tenet group at that time uh, is how can we really make uh, this healthcare delivery possible at the last mile and uh, uh, since the only tool that we knew at that point of time was technology and we said can technology really take this uh, healthcare there and the answer that we hit upon was telemedicine or remote healthcare delivery <clears throat> now telemedicine was in a very nascent stage at that point of time so you have hundreds of billions of dollars of healthcare service delivery market in the rural areas if you look at it as market however uh, the tapping of that market or addressing of that market is very difficult uh, because of the challenges there are infrastructure challenges there are connectivity challenges there are personal or uh, skill set challenges uh, then there are behavioral and other social challenges as uh, i already mentioned and financial challenges so uh, the first uh, thing that we tried to do was try to address this through technology uh, said why not have uh, a local uh, person in the village take care of healthcare needs of the villagers uh, with a doctor sitting remotely and let's connect them through the video audio conferencing let's make some diagnostics available to the uh, because without that the doctor can't take a proper call and then uh, uh, we have solved the problem so that was the initial thought process but then uh, the journey turned out to be very very interesting because uh, uh, obviously the initial thought process was uh, naive and uh, we came across uh, so many issues in the delivery later and uh, uh, worked from uh, from that time onward when 2005 when our first product was launched in the field till uh, date and i would say we are still learning uh, with various business models with various delivery mechanisms with various components of the healthcare service delivery at the last mile uh, with the uh, with the personnel and uh, skills and almost everything really so uh, so that was the starting point which triggered saying can we address this healthcare need uh, for masses using technology that we know uh, and uh, make the life a little better what what was the first product that you started with 
and uh, what are your main products uh, solutions and services uh, today so uh, remedy term uh, was coined uh, much earlier in the life cycle remedy stands for remote medical diagnostics as i had mentioned there is a very little diagnostic facility in the rural areas the first focus was on making that remote diagnostic available and making uh, sure that it is something that a local operator somebody who is a paramedic maybe whoever is available there can operate and it works on the given infrastructure uh, what is the given infrastructure at that point of time we had these 32 kilobits per second Modems uh, uh, or uh, even uh, those kind of connectivities. Not even BSNL was reaching all the places, getting um, that kind of a connectivity. So can we make a video audio conferencing uh, work at as low as those bandwidth? Can we make the diagnostic data available to the doctor at uh, uh, you know those, that infrastructure? And at that point of time, it was computers. Mobiles were not that prominent. Coverage in the rural areas was also very bad. Uh, so we uh, did manage to build our first version of product with support from IIT Chennai, uh, which would work on very low bandwidth for video audio conferencing, real-time data transfer of uh, uh, the medical generated by the medical devices as well as the uh, information about the patient complaints and other things, and uh, be able to get back with a prescription uh, to this uh, operator or through this operator in the village community. Uh, and that was the basically a peer-to-peer kind of a one-to-one connection uh, kind of a, a telemedicine solution that we came up in 2005. But then uh, it really started getting into a very interesting journey because the moment we deployed this solution, we also figured out that it is not just this that is going to solve the problem almost immediately because in the first week we would have a lot of patients and this was first experimented in Tamil Nadu and uh, we had uh, 100 patients seen in the first week and next week there were almost zero patients and that was because there was no medicine available. Uh, You hit the first ecosystem roadblock and uh, then we started a series of experiments uh, where the solution also evolved. So from the initial phase of what we say as a peer-to-peer solution where doctor and one center would get connected for a consultation and carry out over an internet, uh, the product later evolved into uh, a client-server architecture, which uh, would cater to uh, uh, hundreds of centers at a single point of time with multiple doctors sitting at the back end. We worked with a reputed NGO for deployment across 21 districts in, uh, in one of the very deprived states, I would say, in India, Northern state. And that evolved the solution to what we call as a client server architecture, where there are multiple call centers of the doctors with multiple doctors sitting in each. And a whole service delivery structure where we would think about how to capture various of the service related requests, product failures, support that may be required, new processes to be introduced, and also new business models Uh, in terms of how to implement this in the last mile such that people get benefited out of it and earn out of it and the service becomes solutions. So uh, this was uh, uh, the next step in the product. Uh, And the product, of course, evolved. We also manufacture hardware. We have indigenously developed uh, uh, from 2002 uh, the Remedy hardware, which uh, includes uh, uh, initially it was a physiological set of devices, ECG, blood pressure, temperature, stethoscope, and we added a pulse oximeter later to it, which took to a USB port of a computer and 
run on the power uh, of given out by the usb port we proceeded uh, uh, after the client server architecture there was mobile sketching on and cloud technology and all and uh, this would really revolutionize is what we felt and uh, we uh, got along with uh, easest uh, uh, which is our partner which is a global services company in pune who invested in us as well Uh, helped us strategically to build also in some sense the cloud architecture for the whole product on one side uh, on the other side we took help from the department of biotechnology to build a complete uh, what we call as the remedy uh, offering that we have today in terms of the diagnostic uh, devices comprehensive set of devices which would offer about 40 point of care tests operated by a health worker at the um, at the uh, remote end In, uh, this cloud based multi tenant architecture which, which which would allow multiple programs to run from the same server uh, and uh, um, various processes that uh, uh, are modularized now which was to uh, pick and choose and enable various things in a particular program implementation at the uh, last mile so essentially the uh, the product that was initially a peer to peer kind of a Uh, with the medical devices kind of a product uh, has evolved into a wide range of medical devices that are supported by us at this point of time uh, a cloud and and a cloud based solution which can actually enable a complete program in terms of managed healthcare delivery services at the last mile this is a little different from telemedicine because it allows you to manage various things in a program it allows you for example uh, a mechanism for billing for inventory management of medicines etc allows you to uh, find out the efficiency of the program it has to manage the leakages from the patients uh, uh, for the diagnostic purposes etc so it it actually uh, evolved into a much stronger basio tool i would say as compared to the just the telemedicine or a doctor to patient connection initially and then of course the third part i missed out was the support on the mobile platform we have a solution which works on the computers on mobile platform is cloud based uh, multiple kinds of entities connected to it at uh, with a wide range of diagnostic devices not only ours but also partners devices at least uh, 11 other companies for their devices to also integrate into our solution give us a sense of uh, the scale of operations of neurosynaptic today so uh, uh, this uh, journey has been very exciting because of that impact that we have actually achieved and i am very happy to say that we have till date established more than 2600 telemedicine centers mostly rural and mostly in india but also in many other countries so in india at this point of time we work in 12 different states of india under various programs or under various projects of our partners either implementing them or supporting them uh, with our solution uh, we also work in 12 other countries and notably all developing countries uh, include a few of african countries uh, both east and west coast uh, and uh, uh, we also have uh, countries in uh, the southeast asia uh, with whom we work on smaller scale projects yet and we are looking at a much bigger scale up of the projects uh, in, uh, in the overseas market in this year for some of the projects that or the pilots or the small deployments that we have done earlier like one of the african countries has actually carried out an impact survey found out that this saves a lot of uh, you know cost for the patients and for the public health as well scaling it through the country 
and uh, we are just waiting for some of the uh, you know pandemic protocols to be over or priorities to be over vaccination etc for uh, initiating that process in the projects that we have deployed some of the projects have given very clear impact metric in uh, the largest projects that we deployed we deployed about 1300 centers in 21 districts in that project and we managed to save about 9 to 10 dollars per episode of illness Uh, uh in uh, in its deployment because of not having to travel to a higher level of care and because of making the care available locally so in these regions we brought the healthcare closer to about 5 million population uh, by, uh, 50 million population which is 5 crore people by 1.4 meters compared to the primary healthcare center uh, in those regions on an average Uh, then there are other metric like the cost saving in in one of the african countries where we did this pilot we have uh, and this was done with the federal ministry of that country uh, have managed to uh, achieve 75% cost saving by digitization of the last mile center achieve about 8 to 10% additional utilization of the center and patient satisfaction uh, and uh, reducing the necessary travels to less than 4 to 5% major achievement uh, with such uh, technologies i would say overall been a great impact and uh, i think it is still a tip of the iceberg because the thing that we are now showing uh, in terms of scaling uh, potential etc or now seeing in terms of scaling potential is just like 1000 times of this uh, is quite possible what was the 1.4 times uh, that you mentioned i lost a little bit of the signal the 1.4 uh, kilometer so we brought the uh, the average distance of healthcare access uh, 50 million population closer by about 1.4 kilometers compared to the primary healthcare centers so i'm talking about a network which was uh, sort of privately run in parallel with the government but having linkage with various governments uh, programs mm, uh, that was deployed in the 21 districts over the last uh, Two years to eighteen months. Uh, what did uh, the co- how did the COVID pandemic uh, affect your operations? Uh, what happened to the demand for your products and services because of the pandemic? Yeah, so it's actually very interesting to uh, uh, you know state that whatever we thought uh, was essential and was necessary, now the world is seeing it as essential and necessary uh, due to the pandemic. uh it's unfortunate that we had to have a pandemic to see it but uh, uh what has happened is in the last year due to the pandemic uh, onset we had uh, the mci open up the telemedicine guidelines It was uh, actually earlier a, a very big blocker uh, there were work going on from tele- on telemedicine guideline right from 2002 but it never got uh, to see the light of the day until 25th march 2020 Once MCI released uh, these guidelines, there was actually no looking back because uh, not only were on one side the doctors and patients looking for a solution to treat the patients remotely, people were not really willing to get to a hospital because of the risk. Plus, doctors were not willing to, uh, you know, get more exposure uh, because of the same risk. More than um, willing, it is uh, an issue that you know you may get an unnecessary infection which will stop further services to everyone. and uh, many uh, many hospitals had also stopped the opds for uh, a little while uh, before starting it again but not to a full capacity so uh, so essentially uh, this was a big boost to remote healthcare 
and we had a couple of experiments so first thing that i would say is that the demand suddenly increased but many people did not know what they wanted or how it so we actually did couple of pro- uh, products uh, we uh, based on our own thing uh, of course one of the products we uh, i believe still did a little early than the time uh, perhaps is now required but then we also came up with uh, our uh, traditional product is a clinic product uh, a, a clinic talking to a set of doctors who are Uh, remotely available, but then we also started the direct-to-home telemedicine product. And this basically uh, is a mechanism through which an individual patient can also talk to the hospital's doctors, uh, especially those who are onboarded by that particular hospital. And uh, that product has been quite uh, uh, interestingly very successful, and has served as an add-on to the clinic product. Uh, we have had a heavy increase in demand. and we catered to only some of it in the last year we managed to get a year on year growth uh, last year of about uh, 120% 112% uh, we already have uh, uh, orders book and so on in this year uh, in the projected uh, uh, scale up of year and year growth of about 238% so there is a huge huge increase in demand and it is now just being limited by whatever we are able to cater to whatever we are be able to deliver uh, that's a very welcome scene and that's a, 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 that's a great great opportunity ahead of the company uh, and lastly uh, and briefly what are your next uh, big steps we are actually looking at a extremely bright future now uh, i see at least two or three country wide programs in some of the geographies that we are working uh being undertaken with various partners so we have partners uh, who are driving these international programs and they are companies which are uh, sort of europe based in some case in some cases uh, in some other southeast asian developed countries or developing countries so we are basically looking at uh, two to three times consultations of the last year of the uh, yeah previous number so we'll uh, perhaps cross a million consultations and uh, it's it's large amount of data Uh, it will give us a lot of insights into behavioral aspects and uh, various other things or even the protocols and so on uh, we are also looking at uh, raising funds for this growth i think there is a huge amount of data that uh, we have at this point of time which would yield us uh, a lot of insights into the healthcare paradigm uh, of the last mile which perhaps very few people have like uh, we have had uh, like uh, um, about uh, 200 300k consultations uh, in just one year uh, earlier and we are looking at about three times that now and uh, so those uh, those things need a separate look separate uh, separate outlook i would say uh, into the next generation markets and uh, what we are trying to do is we are trying to now uh, get into a fundraise for the future uh, to set up the right teams to set up the right markets and uh, uh, basically address them uh, meaningfully excellent uh, very uh, interesting conversation uh, samir uh, thank you again for making time for this thank you so much uh, for covering us and it's a pleasure to be here that was samir savarkar that's it for this briefing you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arakli thank you for listening